Welcome back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Nick Antonucci, joined by Casey Smith and Jarrett McKenzie, answering your submitted questions on a bunch of different financial topics, stock-specific, planning-related. Um, as I said earlier, if you missed that, you can email us or phone in your questions at 770-429-9166 or at drgene at hensler.com. Don't forget the question hotline, uh, 1-855-429-9166. If you want to call up and uh, record your your question, we will play it on the air. That's right. Get you that's 15 right. minutes of fame. That's well, right. 15 seconds maybe. Yeah, that's more <laughs> like it. That, that fame is please kind of relative a, too. Please don't leave don't a 15 that's minute right. voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> we won't get to your question. All right, guys. So let's do it like we do every week. Let's take some listener questions. And for those of you out there who have questions you'd like to submit, you can send them into us. You can uh, reach us at 770-429-9166, or you can email your questions to drgene at hensler.com. That's H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. And uh, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can pretty much find us on any social media. So send us in your questions. We'll be happy to answer them on the air. On that note, uh, we're going to take a question from Tanya from Carrollton who asks, what is your stand on Pfizer these days? I remember you recommending it years ago and didn't know if this was still a good buy in your option. And you're right, we did used to own it in our equity income portfolio because of the dividend. So Pfizer's a uh, biopharmaceutical company whose business is in the discovery, development, and manufacturing of healthcare products, drugs. Um, and some in the industry consider Pfizer's drug portfolio to be the best in class. That's arguable. But uh, the company's most recent quarter showed solid bottom line growth, so saw earnings ticking up. Um, thanks to lower production costs, but it was somewhat offset in the, uh, in, uh, by a decline in sales. So uh, several of the company's more mature drugs are facing pricing pressures um, as well as patent expirations. So there's a little bit of concern there, but on the positive side, the company's pipeline appears to be strong. Management's saying they got about 25 to 30 approvals, and the new product cycle, uh, cycle led by oncology looks pretty promising as well. Oncology alone uh, last year was 56%. So, you know, it, it sounds as though they'll probably be able to uh, rebound from some of the patent expirations. From a valuation stance, they trade below their five-year average PE, and compared to their peers, they traded a discount. Um, but at the same time, earnings growth is projected to be a little bit lower. So obviously, you can expect a multiple that's going to be a little bit lower should be reflective of that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't necessarily pound the table to buy the stock. If you own it, I'd say, you know, you're fine to continue to hold it. I don't see any reason to jump out right now. I would like to see valuation get a little more attractive um, before I jumped in. But, you know, there are some positives going for the company. uh, Generics pricing pressure is likely going to persist. But if, as I said, oncology picks that up, you should start to see sales growth, which should translate into bottom line growth. Um, Also, aging demographics works in their favor. And the 4% 4% dividend yield doesn't hurt either, kind of provides a floor for that stock. It's well covered. So um, if you own it, continue to hold it. If you don't and you're interested in it, wait for a pullback. In the meantime, a couple of names we like, uh, Novo Nordis, which is in diabetes care, um, Celgene, which is oncology, mm-hmm. and then Gilead Sciences, which is on the uh, hepatitis C treatment. Yeah. So I'll move on to a question, uh, financial planning related. Aiden from Dallas, do I need a financial advisor to manage my 401k rollover? Do you need one? 
Not necessarily, but do you want one? I would hope so because, you know, it, it would it would help to I would say have some professional guidance uh, in relation to making that money last, right? I mean, if it was just a pot of money that you were going to try and live off of for the rest of your life, uh, you know, so be it. But chances are that money's going to have to last you as long as it took you to accumulate it, and so in order to make it, uh, you know, last over that period of time, there's going to be, uh, you know, well, I guess depending on your account balance, uh, I guess we could all have uh, enough, but what is enough? And that can vary from, from person to person, right? But at the end of the day, uh, you know, as cost of living continues to increase, inflation keeps creeping up, uh, and the time value of money alone can really eat into those savings over time. And so uh, what you want to try and do is extend the life of those assets for as long as possible. And in doing that, you know, you, you don't want to subject it to an unnecessary amount of risk. If you Right. Think. It's just like what we talked about in the previous uh, topic on on uh, 529 plans and, and IRAs in general, um, you need to know what you're investing in. It needs to meet your financial goals, your objectives, and, and not everybody's situation is the same. A lot of people go out there and buy target date funds, but right. what I don't like about those is it, it lumps everyone's situation as the same if you're retiring in the mm-hmm. same year. Sure. Or it's all a matter of when you years. need the money. I mean, that's our overarching philosophy is you don't necessarily have to be in, you know, 80% bonds because you're 80 years old. There, that doesn't make any sense. You yeah. Are, if you don't need the money, then you can afford, you can keep it in stock and let it grow. Yeah, exactly. Oh, all right, guys, let's uh, jump in with a couple more, a uh, couple more questions from some listeners. Uh, Wes from Sandy Springs. I own shares of Capital One Financial. This isn't a bank that I've heard you talk about, so I wanted to get your opinion on the stock. I've always agreed with your picks, but it seems we look for different things in financials. Um, if you're interested in Capital One, we definitely look for different things in financials. This is certainly one that we would stay away from. Um, while it does meet our financial strength criteria, just the overall macro picture is negative, for, or we see it as negative for Capital One right now. Um, pockets are of the credit market are showing stress. So you're seeing volumes declining, rates are rising, but the curve's not steepening significantly. So that's really where someone like Capital One would expand their net interest margin, become more profitable. And them more so than a traditional bank is extremely exposed. You have 60% of their profits coming from credit cards and we're seeing delinquency rates rising across the industry. Surveys show consumer demand for credits down 5% and banks overall tightening credit standards. Yet, Capital One continues to increase risk in its loan portfolio with about a third of its credit card lending subprime. So, you know, flashing red right there. Stay away from it. Um, Auto loans are about 25% of earnings. Um, You're seeing expanding loan maturities. You're seeing delinquencies there, too. Um, Loan loss coverage ratio at 2.6 is down from three in a year year earlier. Um, And again, within auto loans, you're seeing a lot of subprime exposure, 30% exposure to subprime and over 5% delinquency rates. Yeah, from what I've been reading about the auto loan industry, that there's some serious red flags similar to what we saw in the the mortgage market. The good news is, you know, you see those headlines, you're like, oh, is this financial crisis 2.0? No, it's not as much exposure. The auto market, yeah, exactly, is never going to wreak havoc like the housing market did. Right. Um, But it's still something to be aware of. But if you're Capital One, you need to be concerned about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, our answer, no, we would not recommend the stock, and we'd recommend you either sell if you own it or just stay away from it altogether. 
Uh, last question we'll talk about here, guys, and I want to transition and revisit the topic of volatility in the markets and what we can expect next week. But sure. Elizabeth from Mableton, my granddaughter, who will graduate college in a year, has asked me to co-sign her third private loan, which will bring her total debt to $30,000. She needs three people to co-sign. Her parents and the other grandparents have agreed, and she wants me to be the third party. I love my granddaughter and trust her intentions, but I really don't like co-signing alone for anyone. If I refuse, I'll really be in the doghouse. Is there any way I could guarantee that I would only be responsible for this loan if the others don't pay? Ooh, sorry, Elizabeth. I, I don't know how to how to help you there. This is kind of a tough one. The uh, If you do co-sign on the loan, you're going to be equally responsible for paying the debt. And if somebody doesn't pay, then you're going to get dinged just like they are. Yeah. Well, um, but to your question, I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. You, you are only responsible if they don't pay. But to Casey's point, you are as much on the hook as her for that payment. So, yeah, you, it's going to be required that she, she pay the loan back. But if she doesn't, then that's going to put you... Uh, probably in a world of hurt, I guess. There's no senior-junior structure to uh, signing for a loan like no, this. <laughs> no, not at all. So there's uh, there's some risk there. I mean, obviously, if, if it's something that you feel strongly about, we're not telling you don't do it for sure, but it's, uh, it's, it's a big-time risk and could make Thanksgiving dinner a little bit uncomfortable if things go, go south. So uh, you, you may just want to be cautious there. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys. And, guys, I think it's probably a good place for us to go ahead and stop and take a break, pay some bills. Um, you're listening to Money Talks. We will be right back. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.